Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode 503. Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest's an amazing one. I, I seem to be saying this a, a lot recently, but I guess it's because we've been going for a while, but it's someone I've wanted on for ages. Um, it's N- N- Natalia Tenner, who has been in some insane things, right? The biggest franchises in the world, essentially, was in Harry Potter was in Game of Thrones, was in Star Wars, you know, <laughs> and is now in in the John Wick universe as such, as the new John Wick film comes out sh- shortly. Um, but also is in some of my favourite smaller films and smaller projects and is in an, in an amazing band. So I wanted to kind of chat about all of it, really. And when I logged on, I got a bit of a surprise, which was something I didn't know about. And, and and Natalia that I wanted to talk about instantly as well. So this is such a lovely chat. It's another one where it felt like it's someone I know because I've watched them in so many things, but then also I was very aware we don't know each other. But instantly, you'll hear the conversation. It was like catching up with an old pal. And I know that you guys l- 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 love those episodes. You know that I love those episodes. So, um, yeah. We're brought to you as ever by speechdevelopmentrecords.com. That's where you can get, get all the merch if you so desire. Um, Patreon.com forward slash Scroobius Pip um, and twitch.tv forward slash Scroobius Pip, yo. All good things. I've been having some mad good conversations recently for the podcast. Last week's with Saul Williams and Anissia Uziman was, was one of my all-time faves. And yeah, I've recorded a few. They've been really good conversations, so keep your ears out. It feels like a whole run of of classic Distraction Pieces episodes. You know, not necessarily these huge names. You know, we've had a lot of big names, obviously, but it's about big conversations, and, and, and we've had some of the, the biggest, including this one right here. So I'm going to stop rambling and let you get into episode 503 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with the wonderful... Natalia Tenner. This piece of fiction is the intro to the structure. This piece of fiction is the intro to the structure. This piece of fiction is the intro to the structure. This piece of fiction is the intro to the structure. And we'll get going. Right, I'm here today with Natalia Tenner. How are you? I'm really, really good. I'm, uh, I'm really enjoying... Uh, 2023 so far. I'm having a good one, you know. I, I kind of went to Turkey and I've come back and I'm about to go to Barcelona this weekend. So yeah, it's been a good good start to the year. What about you? Um, amazing. Yeah, I'm good as well. I'm good as well. But that sounds like a good um, amount of of travel and seeing mm-hmm. the world. I, I keep talking about this a lot recently, but it feels like because of our news cycles and social media and stuff like that, it can be really easy to be dragged into gloom if you're not getting out and seeing other humans, other cultures, other people yeah. and things like that. So it sounds like you're doing a good thing there of kind of yeah. going about <laughs> and making sure you're seeing the real world and the real people rather mm-hmm. than just all the bad news as such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually in December, I um, I went to Chile as well. The, the Ministry of Culture invited me there and I had this incredible experience. I went to Patagonia. I basically went to Jurassic Park and I just cried. I literally just, oh, wow. I was just staring at stuff and I was kayaking in like the... Patagonia and the water was so clean 
that whenever I got thirsty, I could just start drinking from the water, which, you know, usually you're like, no, that'll kill you. And it's like, that's how clean yeah. beautiful parts of the world can be. You know, living in London, it could be pretty grimy. And then you go somewhere like that, that's like paradise. You're like, wow, okay. There's a whole world. That sounds astounding. How was <laughs> yeah. that whole trip then? How was that? Because again, that's just one of those things that's going to be overwhelmingly grounding, you know? Um, I mean, I, I cried twice because I didn't want to leave certain areas that we were, which I, yeah. I don't know. The last time that happened to me is when I got back from Brazil from playing with my band and mm. we landed in February in London and I was just like, why do I live here? Like, why am I not in Brazil right now playing music and in the sunshine? I had that this time in Chile. Um, I went to saw a glacier, just kayaking, the, the food and the people and the warmth and, you know, mad... Chilean karaoke, uh, just all of it. It's like, wow, oh, life is amazing. That sounds astounding. I <laughs> love it. Um, there's obviously loads of things I want to talk about, but one thing yes. that isn't on my list that I want to kick things off with is mm-hmm. boat life. You live, in, you live on a boat, as, yes. as I've seen now. Mm-hmm. How the fuck is that? I know a few people who've, who've, who've gone that way in recent years and absolutely adore it. I've always loved... I love the water. Like I've, d- mm-hmm. I've done a few Airbnb things recently where we've gone either on boats or stuff that is literally on the beach and things yeah. like that because it's a uh, yeah I don't know there's there's something s- so powerful and calming about about water so yeah how do you find it have you have you lived on a boat for long <laughs> yeah so I, in 2012 I was living in Haggiston by the canal in a house yeah and at the time I was 27 and I was like I am definitely gonna die one day. like it kind of hit me that I'm going to die and I was like I want to do this and why am I not just doing it now so I, I bought this narrow boat and the person I bought it off was like, if you can survive the first winter, <laughs> yeah. the wood burning snow and all that, and the toilets, and you're going to love it for life. And it was the easiest house move I've ever done because I just literally got boxes from my mate's house and just put them on a boat. It was amazing. And I, I, part of the reason I did it as well is because I, I feel I've got this nature where once I'm somewhere for a while, I, then I'm like, I, I need to leave. I need to go. I need to move. And mm. so this was a very easy way of doing that without having to constantly move your life. It was just like, I'll, I'll just move my life on this boat. So it was great. And then I wanted to upgrade. And then in 2016, I did a film. One of my favourite directors in the entire world is one of my friends who are the people I'm going to go see in Barcelona. His yeah. name is Carlos Marquez Macet. And he did a kind of... I did my second film with him and he kind of got inspired by my life on the boat. So we used my boat as the hero boat when it was empty. This was empty. Me and my fellow did all of it. It was like empty. So we had the monitors, costume, makeup. And then we used my, one of my really like boat wives' boats as the kind of filming boat. And we kind of did it through London. Amazing. I loved it. I, I, I loved it a lot. I would say that I've noticed since 2016, the gentrification is happening. Yeah. And it's getting really, really hard to park. The Canal and River Trust are clearly getting pressure from developers and they're starting to put a lot of rules and regulations that are making voters' lives horrendous. Mm. Um, so that's been a real struggle. Like now in King's Cross, you have to book stuff. It's It's... I'm I'm concerned for people living in London anyway on boats and how much harder it's going to get. And actually, I think I've just got out of it because last year we got a mooring. So now I'm, <laughs> I now have a proper base and I can just leave the boat. And we, me and my fellow worked out that by having a mooring and not having to move every two weeks and empty your toilet, we have gained 26 years in the year, in the, in the year, 26 days in the year that we can just have. Wow. Whereas before that would be so much of like, oh, it, just not having water. Imagine waking up like hungover or waking up and needing to go to work and it's like, there is no water on the boat. What do we do? It, it yeah. was really stressful to that, on that side. A hundred percent. And it does feel like, or like all things, and this is this is going to feel like a weird comparison, but every time there's like an upgrade on, on your phone and a, mm-hmm. a new system or whatever and they change everything, 
initially, it's really annoying and stressful and it's all mm-hmm. shit. And then quite quickly, it's perfectly normal. And, we, yeah. and when we did this Airbnb boat stay, we kind of had a fast-forwarded version of that. The first couple of nights, we were a bit like, I'm not too sure about this, because it was, it was, the the stairs were steeper than we expected and there was some <laughs> awkwardness there and things like that. There was a lot of things that we were like, it looked good in the photos. And then pretty swiftly, it was like, nah, fuck all that. That no. doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter yeah. at all. I'm just, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just any change is uh, is often a shock to this system. Yeah, 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 and you're right, being near water, I think it's just really good for your mental health. Mm. I, you know, I like I like running on the canal, going for mm. jogs, walking. There's just something about it. Well, everything's going to be okay. Look at water. I don't know why it just works. I, I, lo- I love it. When we used to tour Europe and America and and that a lot, me and one of my tour managers, our process was any town we got to, we'd load in and then we'd go for a walk and try and find some water because again, <laughs> touring water, can be yeah. stressful and weird. But if we're finding a beach or a canal or a river or a reservoir mm-hmm. or a, a lake. It was always our thing to just like, right, let's walk until we find some water, yeah. have a chill, because we've all been in a van together all day and it can yes. get stressful. Oh, God, that feeling. Now just... <laughs> let's head back from the water and go into it excited and buzzing to do this. I, I genuinely think it's why I enjoyed every tour and every gig because those things that do build up. Yeah, being able to decompress outside of the thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah allowed that and and again the two of us going off rather than all of us kind of <laughs> giving that kind of that slight <laughs> break everyone. give everyone a bit of a breather um well there's loads of things i want to t- t- talk about i, I want to talk about joining the john wick world i want to talk about oh, playing rebecca yeah. vardy i want to talk about oh, game God, of thrones yeah. Harry Potter, all of these things but before we get to those things which are probably the bigger stories in your from a career point of view there's two things i want to talk about and one is molotov cocktail ju- jukebox, jukebox. <laughs> I've, I've written it down as, uh, that as is cocktail not the there. first person to do that that we've gone to, we've gone on tour and like we go outside and the actual placard says molotov cocktail like, well you oh, can God. tell i know my sh- sh- shit right because it's written down there as cocktail and i've read that and gone that's not the name so i'm glad i've corrected that but I, what i want to start with a lot of the people who listen to this a lot or have heard me on other podcasts will know that there's a film that's in my top 10 films of all time, maybe in my top five. Oh, great. And you're a key part of it, and it's Super Bob. I fucking oh. adore Super Bob. I think it's so beautiful and such a... I see it as a really good t- test of character film, like get people to watch it, and if they think it's yeah. shit, I'm like, I'm not sure you're about not my you. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it is so... Pure and relentlessly n- nice. So many of the, the films I love are dark and moody and horrible and mm-hmm. grim. And Superbob isn't any of that, but I fucking adore it. So oh. uh, let's talk a little bit about Superbob because I know Brett Goldstein's a power. I know it was a real passion project and it took him ages to get it off the ground. Yeah. And yeah, I remember yeah, going to see Beaver. it. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, director with John well, yeah. Both... yeah, I remember going to see it and being like, well, John and, and Brett are powers of mine. I hope it's not shit, basically. Yeah. And I I cried numerous times. And it was you two that, again, every time I've watched it, I've welled up and it's when you're having a dance. And I won't give oh. too much away. But <laughs> yeah. the way it's written and directed and performed by both of you, it's just beautiful. Like, like how was that to work? And it's weird having these... Oh, these man, these like, films that will be a huge part of your life briefly, but then, because they're indie yeah. films, people may never see them yeah, or know about I, them. Well, I think now, I think, weirdly, over the pandemic, I think it was now available on Amazon in America, mm. so it's, it's getting traction, and obviously, you know, with Brett's career, like, you know, going where it is, <laughs> that'll help it. Um, but that, you know what, that summer, that summer was one of my most happiest professional summers of my life. 
because yeah. um, I did I did Super Bob in London and it was you know when you look back and you're like was it really sunny every day it really was it was summer but it was one of those boiling beautiful days yeah and working with those people I mean I, I was so sad when it ended I was so sad and I kind of wasn't allowed to be properly sad because I then went to work with I went to Barcelona and did that film and met all those people there who are still my friends, the director Beautiful. of the boat film with. So yeah. it was this summer, and when summer was over in September, I properly, I properly had like a mini depression in September. Yeah. Just yeah. like, where are all these people I love? Like, I, don't, I don't see them every day, and I had it kind of from two films. But that one, oh, I just, I love Brett so much. I, I just, it was just beautiful making that film. Yeah. And I love it as a pan... Because I really, really fucking hate watching myself. I feel like, I don't know, I think I disassociate or go somewhere else and it feels like I want to throw up and hide when I see myself. But weirdly, with that one, I I think it's one of the few films, that one and the one I did after in Barcelona, 10,000 kilometres, are the only films I've seen more than once. Wow. And it's, it's going to be because of the beautiful attachment to it as well. I remember going to my first premiere of the first film I was in and it was the weirdest experience because I had such a happy experience making it (laughs) and I would be beaming throughout the film until I came on and then I'd be cowering in my seat hating every second of it and then I'd have long enough to forget and just enjoy my pals and then I'd come on and ruin it for for me again everyone everyone would enjoy it but it's like that's ruining it for me because I'd start to forget that it, I'm anything to do with this because yeah. there's just all these amazing people I love just doing fantastic <sighs> things on screen. Yeah, I feel exactly the same. And it's like also <laughs> when you go to premieres as well, when you sometimes watch the first time, you're like, you're already, there's heightened, general heightened everything yeah. with the cameras and the outfit. And you're like, fuck, don't say fuck when you're doing interviews. Yeah. And then you watch it and it's like, you know, I sometimes need a few drinks to be actually be able to be like, just don't hide under the seat and just... It, I think it's important to watch yourself to learn something from it. I think yeah. it's very valuable. But it's getting fucking there, hard. Yeah, it's fucking, it's fucking what hard. What we do with, with, with Superbob, I think what I had is I literally, I did fall in love with everyone. I fell in love with that yeah. whole process and that whole yeah. film and, and, and Brett and everyone. And, um, and I love it because I feel like it's a palate cleanser to all the saturated Marvel stuff that we get and all the kind of yeah. America, you know, and this is just like... Superhero in London. Oh, it's kind of it's it's kind of a preview of what everyone fell in love with with Ted Lasso and and with Shrinking now and all these yeah. things because the way it's that it, there's such similarities there. In there is just mm. a warmth and a beauty and 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 not a, a need to be gritty or or, yeah. or this or that. And yeah, mm-hmm. I I love it. But it's really interesting that that that, that those two projects and experiences came at the, the same time. I think one of the most since move. Since moving into acting, <laughs> one of the most over-asked questions I get is, what's your dream role? What's your dream oh. project? And prior to being in acting, I had answers to that all day long. Yeah. As soon as I've gone into acting, it's like, right, no, the dream projects tend to be ones you don't know are going to be a dream project until you're there. You don't, yeah. They don't exist yet. It's like, yeah. it's, it's this mad thing that there's been numerous projects where a month before we start shooting, I'd never heard of half the people involved in this. And then mm-hmm. I get this script through and it's the most beautiful experience from reading yeah. the script to the end of it. And it's like, well, it's why that question is kind of a dumb question. And I say that as yes, someone who I would agree. have asked it, who who would yeah, have asked yeah, yeah. it previously. So I'm not hating on anyone, but it's why I've learned that to be such a dumb question. Because it's like, you wouldn't have known that those two films were going to hold such a place in your heart 10 yeah. years on or whatever it is now yeah you know before that year but, yeah it's, but they're it's special, something right? that you can't you can't predict yeah. that and i i think the dream job really is something that challenges you in new ways definitely but you never know what that could be yeah. and also 
something that like it depends where that film comes in your life as well which really affects you mm. and and what you've done previously so if you've done I don't know like I, I did a, a YouTube thing called um, Origin and we were in, in Cape Town it was like gritty sci-fi and then I went on and did like a, a really a, a rom-com in Spain and it was like that was beautiful because I needed that I wanted to do something completely different because I've been in that world and I think also the dream job is actually literally the dream people like those are the that's why people continually work with the same crew over and over again because once yeah. you find someone that you love working with you're like yeah. i would do any project with you forever till i die yes please yeah completely there's certain people already that anytime that they call up it's like yeah yeah it's gonna yeah, be a I'm yes in. it's gonna be yeah. a yes regardless of what of what goes on here well i mean there's loads to talk about but it seems insane that we're f- f- 15 minutes in <laughs> considering you're part of some of the most f- fanatically followed franchises <laughs> in history and we're talking about indie films and boats. Hey, um, why not? So I, I want to talk a little bit about... of Because, again, you I've watched you in all of them, but it wasn't until I was preparing for this that it kind of struck me that it was like, you're in Harry Potter and Game of Thrones and Star Wars and 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 that's three of the biggest and most adored, like <laughs> f- fanatic fan bases. So I guess let's just touch on a bit mm-hmm. harry potter must have been where things started to get crazy like where things started to be oh this is a big deal yeah and you will have been quite young then then, then right yeah. so how so was all of that how old that, were you well i mean i was I, so i was just out of the kind of school kids stuff because i was in the order so mm. i must have been in the first film i think i got the role when i was 21 mm. and before that i was just doing a lot of theater and like a, a few little bits in films but not and then this happened and it was like I mean, I'd never even read Harry Potter. I thought Voldemort was a country. My first audition was fucking <laughs> terrible. I can't really tell you how bad it was. I was I had to come down from Ipswich because I was doing a matinee and I was actually angry at my agent. I was like, I don't want to do this fucking audition. And I walked in and I did a terrible audition and then I was like, maybe I'm a bit like this character. I've always changed my hair depending on my mood and I fall over a lot. And I was like, okay, this girl's maybe got mental issues. And I left <laughs> and I rang my agent. I was like, that was the worst audition I've ever done in my life, ever. And she was like, oh, you always say that. And I was like, no, I definitely mean it this time. And really the director gave me a second shot. And by then I'd read all the books and then I kind of really got into the world. But I still didn't really think about how big it was till I went to the first premiere. And that's when I was like, oh, this is like a thing. <laughs> this is like a real thing. And I also realised how much it impacts. I've got one of my best friends, Johnny Fury. She's amazing, actress, singer. And, you know, the books changed people's lives. It helped her when she was going through really horrible surgery. And it's, it is full of light. The books mm. are just like, wow. So I think that's why it keeps going. And it, there's still all these fans and conventions. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a mad one because 21 is a really young age to be in, have something that big happen. But also... In that cast, you, 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 you're one of the grown-ups, <laughs> yeah, essentially, because yeah. so many of the others are so much younger. That's so weird. In any other gig, you would be the 21-year-old who's doing in this huge franchise. But yeah, mm-hmm. that must have been a weird dichotomy as well, as supposedly meant to be one of the people who were more a bit more grown-up and got it together. Yeah, but still. Like, like, she knows what she's doing. Definitely don't. I still don't. Like, don't. <laughs> it was weird because I was in all these things, but I was, I was such a minor character... And again, yeah. I was kind of not really in the world of the kids where they're or, or the or some of the you know actors who are in every day. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I'd be called in so it's randomly. Mad, though, that, Natal, we're in, in 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 franchises like that, though, it's mad that there's no minor characters. Again, I've I've <laughs> had gigs like that where I'm like, I'm a tiny character, and then it's like, no, because it's such a fanatic thing and it means so yeah. much that your character 
is a huge part of it. You know, it is, it's, despite it feeling like a smaller background thing, it's, yeah. Yeah, but it's, you know, it impacted me and I was like, in, in the sense that it kind of opened doors and it was so much fun, you know, learning to fly on a broomstick and all that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, it was great. But I, it, it did feel like a gig. You know, it wasn't my first film. And it was, I, they say that your first, you know, film or your first big theatre job can feel like a first love. And in fact, my first theatre job was like that. I, I also had a bit of proper depression after that. And I've learned to be able to manage now when you get really, really close and then, you know, you disperse and how you mm. deal with that emotion. So I've, I ha- I'd had that before. This to me just felt like a wild fantasy fun gig. Yeah, the only thing I would say that was, you know, a bit hard for me is that it, Harry Potter taught me how to wait. <laughs> I mean, right. the waiting time was mental. And I'm, I'm a pretty manic energetic person so and I'm 37 38 38 38 now imagine at 21 like just waiting in a trailer for days and days and days because one scene has to be so right with so many elements I did go a bit mad you know I I was I started watching Jeremy Kyle on repeat and like I smoked cigarettes then so I was rolling a lot I I, that was for me of something that was a big thing Harry Potter taught me and now when people apologize like I'm so sorry it's taking ages I'm like this is fine I'm gonna get my cross stitching out I'm good Quite early on, I found a cheat code for that. And it, and it might oh, yeah. not work for you, but it works cool. really well for me. Whenever possible, I now ask if I can just come and sit off camera and watch. Because again, yeah. the waiting, when people are doing these amazing things, again, because I'm not from that world originally, it's astounding. I had a, a superhero thing a few years back that I was only meant to be in for two days. It took them two days to, to get to starting my scene. So they brought me in twice oh. to just wait. But yeah. On the second day, I said, do you mind if I come and, and watch? And I had the best time. So it, I, I didn't mind anymore. Yeah. The first day, I'm sitting there. Again, it's a big deal for me. I'm a comic book fan. So I'm like, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to do it. And then I'm spending eight hours or whatever it is. And then they're like, and we'll send you home now. But yeah, yeah. that was my kind of breakthrough there was if if possible, yeah. I'll be like, is there anywhere I can be out the way, but actually just... taking everything and and it's going to inform my performance as well if I'm seeing the world a bit more and and taking it all in but yeah I will I mean I I have done that I have but this is like you know it was like sometimes I remember once I waited two weeks just coming in every day and also I think with them they wanted to have you in one place because everything was moving all the time so they were like be in your trailer but it got to the point where I was like can I just go and look at the animals yeah. I, I wanted to hang out with like all the animals and they, they did finally like okay fine if, if it's got to the afternoon you haven't done anything yeah, after lunch just be in one place though so I just go and hang out with animals for four hours great that's fucking perfect isn't it <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love it when you find a, a cheat like that to make it mm. to make it all work did you already have the band then no 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 did the band, when did the band come together and, and how did that did that all come about so I was one of my oldest best mate, like his name's Nat as well. We went to boarding school together. I've known him since I was 11. He had a band and I I was kind of lost, you know, I was, you know, nannying on the side and busking on the street and just, what am I doing with my life? And he was like, well, do you want to be in my band? I was like, sure, but I don't just want to sing. I'll pick up an accordion, which I'd learned from a, a job I'd done where I had to be a trapeze artist with, a, with an instrument. So I played in that and um, he invited a violin player and instantly there was an attraction but we both had partners and we kind of over time broke up with them I was on tour and we kind of then got together and then it was like right we need to make music and I was like Nat I really like your music but I'm going to do mine over here Um, so that's how that started and it's kind of you know, actually, we've had so many musicians over the years. I was trying to count back, and it's like so many people have left, or we've been like, "I'm sorry, mate, it's not going to work." But yeah, now we're, we're we've got two new players this year, so let's see how it goes. 
I love it. And and I also love doing these these conversations and seeing what parts of people's lives are perfectly normal to them, but not normal at all. So can we rewind to the job where you had to be a trapeze artist playing an instrument? Can, oh. can we go back to that a little bit and get a little bit more information on that? Yeah. Well, Such a perfect was, th- throwaway line. It's like, come on, I need, I need, I need more on that. What, what was so do, that? Do you know? Do you know the company Wise Children? Yes, yes. they are incredible. So Emma Rice, like the, the company she had before that was called Knee mm-hmm. She did a, a play based on the book Nights at the Circus by Angela Carter, feminist writer, amazing. And it's at the turn of the century, nineteenth century. And this this kind of orphan girl that gets left in a brothel, instead of getting a period when she's like 13 or 12, whatever, she sprouts wings and she amazing. becomes a trapeze artist. The book is amazing. And working yeah. with her, so when you go see one of those shows, you leave and you're like, I want to go and, I want to go and make mischief and I want to go and make love and I want to go and make music. That's how she makes you feel. And yeah. so... That's also what it felt like every night. <laughs> I've, I've, I've never been to one, but I've always heard them as 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 an experience rather than a show kind of thing. And I'm a big. There's a show, Slava Snow Show, is is a show I go and see every time it's over, and it's this this old Russian cl- 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 clowns Slava Kulinichik, oh. I think. Um, oh, I'm in, That's and it's amazing. It, it comes over around Christmas every year. Often does the BFI or yeah, a variety of places. And that was the first thing I went to that I was like, I just want to l- live in this show. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, I don't want to go it? home. I want to. <laughs> I want to just live here and be part of it and have it all happening. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's the the vibe I've got from those knee high and, and, and the things after that. Go and see them. Got to, any any time they're up, just definitely get a ticket because she's she's you know it's, it's still her. It's still her vision. Mm. So it's still got the same feel and. On the first day of like rehearsal, which we did in Cornwall in a barn, and that you know we kind of all go together, which is great. She's like, "Can everyone just pick an instrument?" And I've been playing piano all my life, and I did all the grades, and then I swore I'd never touch it again because learning classical music kills my spirit and joy for music. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely when I was a kid. And then I saw this accordion. Everyone picked these instruments, and it was very funny. Each of them kind of felt like they were representative of their their character and them. And I saw this accordion, and it was like, like I've got a dog, and I had the same feeling when I saw her. I was like, "There she is." That's my fucking dog. That's what I got from that instrument. And it, yeah. I could use my kind of, you know, some of my skills from the piano and I could suddenly improvise and create on a new medium. Yeah, I love it. It's beautiful. <laughs> so so how do you find the balancing of music and an acting career and the, and the crossover? Because again, you're going to, particularly having been in, in, in some of these shows that do have such f- f- fanatic fans, you're going to pull in some people because of who you are and then they're going to get to see who the band is and what the band is and the live performances and all that how do you find all of that being these two things at once (laughs) really 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 hard and that's why actually for a while I was like we have to stop music I've got to stop it because I was I was going away to LA and going to so many places and I had especially just before the pandemic it was just so crazy with work Mm. the difficulty is with music like even in that last November we already had gig booked for this summer yeah. And it's like acting is the opposite. Like I might do an audition next week and they're like, yeah. you have to go to the south of France for seven months. And it's like, yeah. <gasps> so that has been I can't struggle. imagine booking a holiday as an actor, yeah. let alone booking a tour. So again, yeah. it's, it's why I stopped doing music when I moved into acting because of exactly that. Because yeah. I was like, I get stressed out enough at the last minute nature of, mm-hmm. of this industry but yeah. with those extra things, that's yeah, yeah, and a lot other to balance. You know, feeling responsible for other people, and yeah, you know, th- there are also musicians who have jobs. So what? Well, we started playing again last year, obviously the pandemic. But what I've gone forward this year being is like, right, we're gonna 
We're going to see this more as we enjoy it as a hobby rather than like a, a proper career in the same sense as, as it was because it just, it, it, it's too much of a clash. Yeah. But I had a lot of fun last year and I think we're going to have a lot of fun this year and hopefully uh, there won't be any <laughs> clashes. So that's always kind of what I hope for. It's like, Mate, though, the again, it's a beautiful thing. I, I, I know a lot of comedians who after the pandemic have come back and this is going to sound really stupid, but now they only do the good gigs. Yeah. And the nice gigs and the yeah. gigs they enjoy yeah. rather than having it as a responsibility I have to gig here every week or whatever else yeah. and I think that can be a really beautiful thing with music because anytime you're in a band for an extended amount of time you're always looking at growing the fan base going up a level improving this improving mm-hmm. that g- g- getting on this festival getting on that festival Yeah, and it can at times take the love and joy out of it a bit. So yeah. kind of going back to going, no, we're, we're just going to play and enjoy pl- playing because there's yeah. other things I have to focus on as well. That sounds like a, exactly. a beautiful moment. Yeah, I'm hoping that's the balance that I'm, I'm getting there because before it did, it did make me go a bit mad and it always yeah. also made me feel very guilty because I was like, guys, I'm sorry, I've got to cancel everything. And it's just like five other people's lives. It was just too much to kind of constantly carry, I think. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's it's also the reason I started off in spoken word was because of exactly that. I was like, I want to succeed or fail and only have to answer to myself. I couldn't handle the pressure of having to answer to other people. Like, if I have a bad gig and everyone else has had a great gig, I'd feel so awful. It's why I started in that world because like, well, if I have a bad gig, then I could just go home and go, oh, that was shit, wasn't it? And yeah, have a little a cry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Move on with my life. So back to acting. How was it going into a show like Game of Thrones? Because at that time, it was already like the biggest show on TV, right? Was Yeah. When you joined. Whereas with Harry Potter and that, it was kind of, you were going in a little bit blind as such. With a show like that, you were going in and it was huge as you were joining it. No, because actually Game of Thrones, I was in the first season. So actually, was it the no first knew, season? Yeah, no, I was, I was just a small bit in it, but we had no idea what it was going to Are be. You, I mean, I'm... I remember you popping up in it and I was buzzing. Again, my memory for when <laughs> things happened is terrible, but I was dead excited because, yeah, again, they the people on the other side of the wall as such were the the, the fucking cool characters, the the yeah. the, 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 the outlandish is. kind of, yeah. No, but I was I was, I was very there at the very beginning with the little boy from very early right. on. Right. I was just one wilding that had snuck in and tried yeah. to kill the child at the beginning. So I was just like, this is a fun, weird fantasy thing again. It's another but gig. From, yeah, another gig. But then when it got to season three, I went to LA for the premiere of just a TV series, which, you know, that's the first time that I'd ever seen that as a concept. Yeah. And it was a Chinese theatre, which is a big one in, in LA. Yeah. And again, I had that kind of Harry Potter moment, like, oh, wow, this is really, this is a big deal to a lot of people. It's kind of, yeah. Yeah. It's a mad one, isn't it? And as said, it was just those things can get huge. And again, I, I remember talking to to Riz Ahmed when he he did his his Star Wars film Rogue One and saying how I think the perfect thing for being involved in any of those huge franchises and shows is to be able to get in with a really good character and get out again because mm-hmm. they do then become like I, it's it can be a scary thing. When you're thinking, oh right, is this now my life for Fair ten enough. or fifteen years? Because because <laughs> yeah. again, that can be the way, particularly with with network television, it can be a weird thing that they will really lock you down. So it felt like, yeah, the perfect they can lock way you to down do it to get in and be people, a big part. Yeah, people yeah. also then just think that's who you are. You know, if you're a really big yeah. character, how do you get out of that? Whereas if you're a little one, it's like whoop, 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 yeah, whatever, you know? yeah. I was part of that. Do you remember me? Yeah, I was that one. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, I mean, a complete change of pace, but it's one that I'm 
fascinated to talk to you about. We will get to John Wick. I think this, I think this initially came in on the John Wick promo kind of thing. We'll, we'll get to that, but I want to talk about Vardy versus Rooney because right. and playing Rebecca Vardy because it's it's a funny one because I've I've heard Stephen Merchant talk speak recently about playing like a real life villain in Four Lives and how weird it was to play this murderer Stephen Paul. And I've spoken to people like Maxine Peake about playing real life sympathetic figures in in th- three girls and things like that and this kind of sits in a weird place in between all of them it's a real life person but it's neither a serious villain or a particularly sympathetic character yeah. so it's a re- it's a really weird m- middle ground and i can't think mm. of many reality based dramas that sit in that weird world of of yeah. of that so how was that to number one to get asked about it to be th- thinking about doing it and then to yeah <laughs> to take part oh i mean oh i can't so <laughs> where do i begin with this one it's just a yeah. big so i've got firstly i did i had no idea who these women were i knew mm. a, a wayne rooney was a human being mm-hmm. i mean I, you know I, but they weren't in my world and i remember getting the audition i was drinking wine with my mates on the boat i think it was like the 29th of july um i remember this because a few days after she did that big interview that came out and i watched yeah. that like a fucking dopamine hit lunatic over and over again <laughs> But when I saw that, like the summary come through with my agent, it said Wagatha Christie. Now I am—I don't know if you know this, but I'm a—I'm a massive Agatha Christie fan. Like I'm, a, I'm all about murder <laughs> mysteries. When I was a kid, that's what I got every Christmas was like a book, one of her books. I love them. Yeah. And so when it's when they said Wagatha Christie, I was like, "Woo! Finally, my agents have listened to what I've said about wanting to be one of these." And it's a new, you know, thrill, like murder mystery. And it's like, no, no, it's this whole hashtag. How do you not know this? My friends thought it was really funny. And once I delved into her, when so I remember because a few days after I saw this interview that she did even after the the verdict had come out and I was like mm. I was immediately fascinated by this one I suddenly got why everyone had been you know had been following this yeah um, it's so fascinating and so and so unfolding in the public eye as well which yeah. makes it hard hard to look away from you know it's not a a, yeah. a weekly you'll get your update on next week kind of thing it's this constant it's there thing. and it's in the and so I saw that and I did the audition and they said they were going to start on the 29th of August. And I didn't think anything of it because I didn't hear anything quite quickly. And I was like, well, I'm clearly not going to get it because they're starting now. Yeah. And actually, then they rang me on the 22nd of August. So it's a week before filming, like to the day. Yeah. Um, and they were like, do you want it? And it's the only... Uh, because I, I, I've i never played a real life person. Yeah. I literally... Usually when you get a role, you're like, yeah, drinks on me. There's all this stuff. You kind of get so excited. This was like immediate terror. I was like, I've said yes. It's a weird pressure, isn't it? I said it's why it jumped out to me as a fascinating thing because it's such a weird real life person as well. It's it's almost Mm -hmm. easier if you're playing a villain because fuck them. You know, it's a it's a real life bad person, but fuck them. Um, but yeah. but if or if you're playing a you know a victim or a good person, you're equally you're like right. I know where I need to go with this. Whereas that's such a fucking weird one to get. It yeah. I mean, the thing that I I literally that first like that week that I had to get ready, I didn't. I basically felt like I didn't sleep. I literally just watched over and over. And for me, the the trickiest thing was her was getting her accent because she's yeah. got a very she she's kind of got this kind of actually I find really interesting kind of Mongol accent of all these different places, mm-hmm. and it's, so it's not just one accent. And I was like, I started going kind of colorblind or earblind to like, did she sound like this? Am I and it's the fine? difference, isn't it? Because so many yeah. people in real life, if you did their accent as a character, you'd be told, oh, that's not quite 
you need to work on that a little bit. It's not quite mm-hmm. right, even though that's that's their real accent. And as yes. I said, I can see that, that there will be the panic of, right, I can do the accent of where she's from, but she's uh-huh. not got the accent of where she's from. Yeah. She's got a load she's of different inflection. accents. Yeah. Yeah. It's so that weird. was that was that was trick. But also the woman, the Una, the director, she I think if when I did the recall, if she she's incredible. She's the reason I was like, yes, because she's a woman that wanted to show empathy and not be like, not create a vilified person like was being mm. what was happening in the news. There's so many, obviously, she's a much more complex person than that, but both of these women are. And yeah. she was looking at more like you know, like Elizabeth I and Mary Queen of Scots, these were two powerhouse women that f- are fighting uh, for their reputations and are basically both living their worst nightmares. And you are both queens and that's what's happening. Yeah. But I want, I, she has to be real. She clearly believes those things. She, so it's like, what, you've got to go from that perspective. And Una was the reason that I was like, I can do this. Because every day someone's like, don't worry, Nat, don't have a panic attack. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah but mean- it was a quick turnover as well. And... Uh, but weirdly, both me and Chanel on the same day, I feel like we were in sync quite emotionally, actually, as, as people doing this. And both of us on the same day asked Michael she- uh, Sheen, like, how, what is it like to play um, a real person? Do you find it harder? And he was like, yes, it is, because obviously there's there's all the, you know, the outside pers- perspective. Yeah. But you have to learn to block that out and then do your job. Mm-hmm. But usually, you know, he was saying, usually get a lot of time to prepare. And this was like, okay, I've got a week to prepare. And it's madness. That's and mad to hear. That, I didn't know that at all. That's yeah. insane. And then we did it in Budapest. And it was like gone. In two, we did it in two weeks. And I came back and I was like, wow, I don't know what's just happened. And I, I always said, like, when it comes out, I'm gonna, I don't want to be in the country. I just had this proper mm. like, moment of anxiety. And weirdly, I was in Chile. It turns out when it did come out, <laughs> I happened to be on this free holiday. Yeah. And I, I still haven't watched it. I do need to watch it. I am going to sit down and do it. Because I, I want to see everyone else's work and I want to see, you know, I want to see it. I have to, but it's February. I still haven't got that. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you didn't really know about the story when that initially came through. Because I think it's a really interesting one. Because I think as a project, it's one that the first time anyone heard about it, who knew the story, everyone would be like, what the fuck? Is this a joke? Yeah. Like, like I, I this is that. ridiculous. What? But then what was actually m- 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 made, as you say, and what the director was was trying to do with it was far deeper than that. So mm. as, a, as an initial project, you hear it and you go, this sounds like it's a joke. Is this going to be some just big parody thing? And and it's not. And I think that's a really good thing. And I think if you maybe were aware of it in advance, you might have not given it too much <laughs> attention on that initial, not- that initial approach. You might have gone like, fuck <laughs> off. I- <laughs> I'm not doing it yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting. I'm just now talking to you. I've just realised that the three projects you've mentioned, in all of them, I kind of didn't know what I was getting into or know about it. And I think that's sometimes actually helpful. Yeah. (laughs) Because that that, that awareness can, I don't know, bring something else. Can really help. And again, I think the the lack of time you had to prepare is really interesting as well, because I've felt, I've watched stuff before that is based on real people with amazing actors. And I've, come out feeling a bit empty and it's because that amazing oh. actor has turned into an amazing impersonator and I don't want an impersonator I, I don't want someone to just do an impression I want the actor I want what's what what's amazing about them and the things that I've always been taught in this brief time of of, of moving into this world is that it's important to find to find the character but then find you in the character, the areas that are you in the character, so you can then bring mm-hmm. your performance out and things like that. And I think the beauty of a limited time there means you've got to have both naturally. Yeah. If you, know you, what I mean. you have to stop thinking. You can't think. Yeah. 
You can't yeah. overthink. You're just like, I have to just do. Go, do. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and that's it. It's the overthinking is exactly the, the perfect way of putting it. I've seen stuff before that I think someone has clearly got so obsessed with doing an exact portrayal of this person and they've, it's meant they've forgotten that we're making a film and this is meant to be this amazing yeah we wanted your flavor as well yeah 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 yeah. you 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 were casting it for a reason so yeah i love that but well speaking of things of going into things and not knowing what they are the exact opposite i assume you were aware of john wick yeah i love john wick like the first film for me amazing isn't it i mean i love my my dog is my wing bitch i love her so much with Mm -hmm. all my heart i can completely get why he goes you know like his dead wife leaves him a puppy, and that's why he's like, I'm going to kill everyone. <laughs> John Wick has got Wagger for Christie vibes for me because I heard about John Wick and I went in thinking, this sounds ridiculous. It's a bloke going on a killing spree because of his dog, which is relatable, but still seems silly for a film franchise. Yeah. And then I watched it, and it was one of my favorite films of the year. I thought it was it's amazing. Great. And then that each one that's, that's come after, I've loved the expanding of the world. Uh, there was a film a while back called. I've just forgotten the name of it. Hotel, but it's it's. I've drawn a blank. It's one of my favourite films. I've got the Blu-ray over there. So, but I've just drawn a blank here. But it was a film about a hotel where hitmen go to 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 to, to have their time off and things like. That. And I I love that kind of. I'd love to see that. that Please, I hope by the end you can remember it. I'd love to know what that. I'll, is. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll look it up immediately because if I type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Hotel Artemis. I didn't even have to look. It's Hotel Artemis. I'm still on airplane mode. I want proof there. I didn't, yeah. I didn't manage to come off yet. Um, yeah, and it's it's amazing. But it instantly made me think, I want more and more of just the world of <laughs> high-level hitmen. And, and that's what the John Wick kind of now expanded universe mm-hmm. gives you. So yeah, how was that to just step into, I guess, having been a fan of, 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 of the yeah. first one? I mean... So- it's weird how things come into life, especially maybe feel this as an actor, that you're like, wow, if I had done this meeting for this job or this audition for this job, I don't know, even just a month before, two months before, I wouldn't have got the job. And it was like, there's something about meeting Chad and he just wanted a meeting with me. And as soon as I had this meeting with him, like I left going, Do, am I employed? You know, it was one of those jobs because he was so lovely. Yeah. I, he, he was like, Matt, look, see there? And I, he had my spotlight picture behind him. He's like... That there is you. Can you see that? I was like, yes. Yeah. He's like, I when I just like someone, I'm like, in the next movie, I'm just going to have them. And I was like, okay. And then we chatted for two seconds and he was gone. I was like, I don't know if I've got a job. I don't know what's happened. Okay, cool. I'll just play, you know, park that. And then cut to, you know, a few months later, I was I was in Berlin. And it was, just, oh, it was because it was like, suddenly there was a big pandemic COVID surge. Um, I'm so lucky that I've got a Spanish passport. I'm Spanish. That I yeah. could, because they weren't flying people from England. That it was just not happening. It was a proper lockdown in, in Berlin, in Germany. Yeah. But they got around it by me going to Madrid. So I went to Madrid, Amazing. got to see my family for ten days, did that, and then and then I went from there. So I was really lucky as well because of my passport to be able to do it. Yeah, otherwise, that's. Don't know. Yeah. Again, I love those things that feel like, as you say, they are just the perfect timing, and they and you meet someone at the right time, and yeah, everything just plays together because if, mm-hmm. if they'd cast anyone else in that role they would have had to recast them I would have thought because of the yeah. pandemic and things like that so it's literally that would have been yeah a, a, a hellish one for all involved but it just it lands perfectly so yeah. tell me a little bit about about your character and 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 where you get to enter the world uh, I don't want to give too many spoilers but um, no I agree I mean uh, well uh, one thing I will say is that um 
the challenge for me on this job was learning Russian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I had to do that. Uh, and that was very, it was kind of good that I had those 10 days in Madrid because every day me and this awesome dude in, in New York, this kind of old big Russian dude would just sit with me doing lines in Russian over and over again. Amazing. My character is a matriarch of the underworld. That's yeah. how I would put her. And I, I, I always like seeing kind of female figures in that role. Yeah. Um, and especially ones that aren't, I mean, obviously it's fine, you know, they can be sexualized as well, but for her to not have that sexual element as well, just to just be like, I am power. And yeah. I kill people as well. And it's kind of seeing yeah. that in another gender, I think it's really refreshing and, and healthy. So, yeah, there's that. And I fortunately, I don't know if I can give too much away, but unfortunately, I, I didn't get to do any stunt scenes, which was something that I was really hoping I would get to do. But yeah, it wasn't for me, not on my card. I was going to ask because, again, those films just. The first one was David Leach, wasn't it? I, I, I think. And just everyone who's been involved since the, the action. Oh, really? Scenes. I thought it was Chad. Was it not Chad all the way was through? It, Chad first? it might have been Chad all the way through. Because he's he's the one that like he's he's he was the stunt. I mean, he's the stunt guy at, in the he's the best in the world. I think yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. And he's a director. And actually, I found you know because I've I've met a, a bunch of directors in my life, but it, I think there's it's very interesting meeting a person that comes from the stunt person world. Yeah. Because yeah. he he was just he, even his. His warmth and how he made me feel on the first day on set and how he took me to see everything and he just wanted to walk with me and his excitement. And I was like, that's a very different approach to kind of how directors meet me on the first day of set and how they kind of see filming, what the whole point of each scene is and how the fun that they're getting from acting is very different to how a director would do it, like that kind of art director would do. So that's what I felt from him. I, I loved him. I think he's such a great guy. It made me feel comfortable from day one. It's so dope when you get a big job like that and it also turns out to be an absolute joy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And a positive mm-hmm. part of your life and a positive memory and all things like that because it's not always going to be the case, particularly no. <laughs> the bigger the franchise, dependent on your role, often the 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 more inconsequential you will feel as yeah. as part of that. And that's no that's completely understandable. So often you'll get a big thing and you'll be like, well, I'm going to have my excitement now mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then I'll go and do my job because that's going mm-hmm. to end up being a yeah. job. But I had one recently that I can't talk about yet, but it was mm-hmm. one that was a dream to get and then I went and had my one the, the day on set and everyone involved was exactly as you say, were excited to have me yeah. there, excited. So it was just like, ah, oh, this was yeah, this and you're not, this, I, I, There's I, no I, need I, for I you to be this nice. You. Yeah, that's why I thought exactly. I was like, I don't... I'm not like a, a massive lead character. Why is everyone treating me with this kind of like, welcome to the family, like big kind of yeah. bear hug emotion? You're like, okay, thanks, guys. Awesome. Bye. Give like, a moment, that's it. I love it. Well, before we wrap up and get to kind of, of what's next, I want to touch upon as well, because again, because of our brief conversations in the past and my huge fandom of Super Bob. I've genuinely, all the things that we've talked about have been things that you've popped up in and I've legit gone, oh, fuck, how cool's that? <laughs> um, and, and the last one I want to touch upon is is The Mandalorian because oh. the Star Wars universe is just, it, it might be because of my generation or my age, but it's a different thing from everything else. Like, we can talk about huge shows like Game of Thrones and huge franchises I like John Wick, but Star Wars for some reason feels like it just sits somewhere else. And yeah, it, it, I mean, it's, it, it feels like it sits somewhere with like timeless mythology. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like some Nordic yeah. tale that you're like, yeah, that's going to last forever. It has done for thousands of years. It's going to last another yeah. thousand. And I, and I love what they're doing on Disney Plus with it. I was sceptical at first because, again, you worry about the over-commercialising mm-hmm. of, a, of a product or whatever, or oversaturation. I've loved all of them. I've loved The Mandalorian. I'm excited yeah. for the next series of it. Yeah. How was that to, to jump into that world? And how did it oh. feel? Because, again, it's a world that does have such distinct looks from the sets to the costumes Mm -hmm. to everything. It's really hard to articulate that it's just got a certain feel and look that how was that to to walk in into? Again, I had the same feeling with that, with John Wick. Massive thing. People had already started filming and I was made to feel so welcome and loved from day one. I loved being a purple alien. (laughs) I wanted to be a purple alien. I really hope you can come back at some point. That would be great. Yeah. And... And I just loved having these tentacles and just wandering around on set with these massive tentacles. Weirdly, because I always get asked this question, how, oh, I must have taken ages of makeup. And I was like, no, nah. I did this, I did this um, TV show in, in LA called Wisdom of the Crowd. And that character's natural makeup took longer than becoming an alien. On, wow. On that. Yeah, it was like an hour. And it, it, he was so good at it. And for me, one of the fun bits of doing it as well was the fact that I had to do this, this knife throwing scene. And yeah. there wasn't much time to prepare, but because of that, again, I didn't have to overthink it. I was just like, right, for two days, I'm just going to practice this knife throwing move and this kind of dance that I've got to do, um, which was, it was so much fun. And also it was filmed, again, it was a bit like, it was a bit like John Wick in that it was like just a two week bit of your life, really intense, but surrounded by lovely people in a lovely, beautiful city. And, and then I came back and I was like, what just happened? That was, what? Um, so I just loved it. I loved I love it. Stuff I, I'm like, like you, yeah, I want to watch all of them. I love stuff like what you were saying about that knife throwing scene, because it's an- another thing that gets us as actors out of our own heads because mm-hmm. there's something else to focus on. And I weirdly have it a lot because I've got a stammer and I've never played a character who has a stammer. So I have to do a lot of prep and a lot of work to get my right. stammer under control for roles and for characters. But mm-hmm. I genuinely think at points it's caused, in retrospect, some of my best performances because I've got out of my own way. Because I'm so yeah. focused on all these other things that I'm doing in my head that I'm not overacting or over mm-hmm. overdoing things. I've Pushing I've, it, yeah. I've drilled the character first, mm-hmm. and then when I'm learning this dialogue or whatever, half of it is choosing my performance and delivery, and half of it is getting my stammer under control. But it yeah. can cause this amazing middle ground, and I think mm-hmm. things like that. If there's a fight sequence or if there's a specific thing, then it really it brings the truth to the forefront. Mm-hmm. You, you, Even if it's just an accent as well. It can yeah. be an accent or it can be a, yeah. uh, a something physical. It can be all those things and it's like, okay. And another thing I find as well with acting is that I don't know if you've got this where sometimes you're so overtired. From Let's say it's, you know, Friday on a film set and you're doing a five days of 14-hour days. Yeah. On Friday, I've done some of my best stuff because I'm like, I just don't, I don't know how I'm going to skip through the end of the day. And you're yeah. just... You're not doing it kind of in a board way. You're just like, I need to get this scene done. How do I do it right? But you're, you're, the, the kind of tiredness gets you out of yourself and stops you thinking. Um, I, I, I love all that stuff. I, I, again, I, it sounds so dumb, but I had a thing recently where my character had been trudging through like a jungle for ages with a rucksack. <laughs> and every time we finished or we're changing camera setups, props had come over and be, oh, we'll take your rucksack off you. I'm like... No, let's leave it on because 
it's it's one it's going to be one more thing that gets me in the character more because I'm meant to have been carrying this for fucking ages and it sounds so silly and simple but I love stuff like that it's like Mm -hmm. well no it's not it's not hurting me but the longer I have it on the more I'm gonna naturally walk like someone who's been had a rucksack on for hours and and things like that and those small things can really punch up a performance I think yeah she wants the method acting though yeah yeah exactly (laughs) well um to to kind of wrap things up, I want to know what's ahead. I mean, you've covered every big franchise, I think. I guess maybe Marvel or DC, Bond. but yeah. Bond, um, Bond, 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 of course. Oh, oh you'd be amazing in Bond. I, oh, and I'm, I'd love to, I'm a big comic book fan as well, and I'd love to be in some of my favourite, like I love the I love the boys. I auditioned for that. Yeah. I was very sad to get to that. I loved all the comics of that. And, I auditioned for, for the boys, right? But the boys is you? my favourite comic book of all time. So <laughs> is I, it? I auditioned for Billy early on. Okay. Didn't right. get it. Fine. They asked me to audition for F- Frenchie. I thought about it a lot mm. and said no, because I was like, you need to cast someone French. Like, I, It's not that they offered oh. it to me. They asked me to audition, but I was like, mm. I, was, I was working on my French accent loads and getting this right. And I just, I loved that series too much. I was just like, just get a French person in the role, yeah. and 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 again, the the character is more is skinnier than I am, and things things like that. So, so, so I was just like, I don't think I'm right yeah. for it. So again, I, I always really have to highlight, I wasn't offered the role or anything. I was just asked yeah. to audition, but it was one, yeah, as I said, I went for Billy, which I was like, that took me a lot of thought to even do a tape because again, it's my favourite book of all time. And I was like, That's I'm not up to that wrong. job. But yeah, I gave it a go in the end. But but also I find sometimes the the choices we have, because a lot of some people ask me like, hey, what, do you, what, what kind of things do you want to do and all this stuff as actors? And actually it's like, the, the, the times that we have a choice is whether yeah. we do an audition or not. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the, that's our choice. Actually, we don't, I don't, I'm not actually, I feel like I'm not in charge really of my career. My yeah. agents can guide 100%. me through auditions. But yeah, yeah it's, it's whether I do the audition or not is the is the yes or no for you. That's, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't agree, agree more. That's where you hand over all control and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and anything else there. It's like, yeah. it's over to you guys now. You're now in charge of my next six Project, months. Project, my life, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so is, is is there anything in the pipelines that you can talk about or is there anything that you're excited about, just just personally? Well, I'm I'm excited about... Well, I, I was very excited. So so this guy, Gadlos Marquez, my set, this director, worked with us twice. Yes. Once, uh, once 10,000 Kilometres, the second one, Hope and Anchor on the boat. He he. We were going to do a film uh, earlier this year. Again, I was so excited to work with him. But that's been... Uh, some people have pulled out. So I'm really hoping my gift for 2023... Is that his project? You know, the, mon- the money's still there, and and the script's still there. So if he can get it made by the end of the year, that would be my absolute joy because I should have been doing it now. So that's kind yeah. of also why I'm going to Barcelona this weekend because I'm craving all those people that unfortunately we're not working right now. And it's like, okay, guys, yeah. let's just hang out and have a party, and I'll come back after the weekend. So I'm getting my fix of them. Um, I guarantee it's another one of those things that when it finally happens, it will be all the better for it. I hope so. That's literally what I'm hoping, yeah. Speaking to the the Safdie brothers about Uncut Gems, they were saying that Uncut Gems was meant to be their first film, but it didn't happen and they couldn't get the funding and they made two other films leading up to it. And then Uncut Gems, in their opinion it wouldn't have had the impact it had if they hadn't learned everything they'd learned in that time or even just had those gaps or those periods and things like that. And I think the fact that you're going to to hang out with all those people (laughs) at the weekend and things like that means that 
elements of that project are going to develop over this weekend. Things are going to, improvements that wouldn't have been there are going to happen over that weekend just through your interactions and through the time you spend together and and the moments you share. So, yeah, I look forward to that that coming around at the right time. And yeah, I've got, I've got a film I'm doing in Spain. So for me, every time I work in Spain, it just, I get so happy because my family are all there. And yeah. that's kind of my kind of, you know, my heart is in Spain in many ways. And yeah. so yeah, I'm going to go to Bilbao in the summer and uh, eat a lot of pinchos, drink lots of red wine and uh, do a film. So that's, I'm excited about that one. <laughs> Beautiful. I've, I've rarely had a better answer of what's ahead. Because this has just involved lots of visits to Spain, be- beautiful times with beautiful people and yeah. beautiful food and drinks. So I love it. Well, thank you for taking the time. It's been a pleasure to to sit down and have a chat. Yeah, thank you for, for bothering to want to interview me. I'm, I'm really excited <laughs> that it's going to come out. I love your podcast. I just oh, listened to the so one much. with... Um, uh, the, in fact, the guy that wrote uh, Glass Onion, I just listened to that one. Yes. So any listeners, I recommend that. It's a great episode. I was going to ask you if you're a fan of the Glass Onion stuff. Yes. Because just mentioning being a fan of Agatha, <gasps> Agatha Christie and things like that is like... Uh, the Glass Onion and, 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 and Knives Out World Knives feels out. like it's brought murder mystery back into mm-hmm. in, into popular into popularity, and it's uh, I fucking love that fact. It's a, I just want more. I'm, I'm like, please keep yeah. writing more. Please keep. More. I want all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, love I hope it. he gets inspired soon. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Have a have a lovely uh, week weekend. All of it, and uh, I hope you enjoy John Wick. <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. I told you it was a goodie. I hope you all enjoyed that. I'll be back next week. As I said, I've got some pretty special conversations for you lot coming at the moment. I hope you're enjoying them. I hope you're all well. I'll be back next week. Until then, stay safe and stay sane. Ta-ta.